are we here? And the reason that we need to find that is because we may be trying to do a bunch of things that we're really not supposed to do. It's, it's, it's really a difficult thing to try to do something that's not your thing to do. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Uh, if, if you, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'll run a rabbit there. I was going, anyway, anyway, we have to find our purpose. And we found out last week that God put us on this planet for two basic reasons. One, so we can know him. And two, so we can glorify him. All right? So say that with me. We are two. And one more time. We are here so we can and glorify him. And we, we found out we can do that several ways. We glorify him through our praise. We glorify him through our worship. We glorify him through the way we live our lives, the way we treat others at work, the way we do our job. How many of y'all this week you thought about something after somebody done something, you thought about, is this going to make God look good? Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, some of you just went ahead and said, I'm going to ask forgiveness instead of permission. Come on. Yep. Hey, we're, we're here to glorify God. We're here to give Him glory in, in every way, every part, every facet of our life. Now, uh, with that being said, uh, after we find our purpose, we know what we're trying to accomplish. We know what our job is to do. Now we've got to set some priorities in our life to accomplish that purpose. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Uh, what is our priorities? Everybody has priorities. You say, well, this person, you don't have no priorities. Yeah, they do. Something is important to everybody. Everybody. The problem is, is when we get our priorities out of whack. When we make some things more important than the things which should be really important. Are y'all with me? So, how do we deal with that? So today, today we're going to primarily talk about priorities. What priorities should we have? What should be important? What shouldn't be important? So forth and so on. If that makes sense, say amen. Matthew uh, chapter number 6 and verse number 24. Verse number 24. When you find your verse, uh, say amen. No man. No man. Now, who would that include? Everybody, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Uh-huh, that's right. No man, nobody can come into church and say at this point in time, reading this verse, that hey, because every time when we hear preaching, automatically we always think, you know what, so-and-so need to hear that. Uh-huh, y'all don't look at me all holy like I know us, amen? Boy, so-and-so sure needed to hear that one. You know what he's saying? No man. Nobody in this building is immune to the verse we're fixing to read right here. Look what he says. No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, we know mammon is dealing primarily with wealth, money, that type of thing. In other words, you can't follow God and follow money or chase after money. It can't be your God. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with money. Money, money is neutral. You can use it for good, you can use it for bad. And anybody tells you that money is the root of all evil, they're misquoting the scripture. It does not say money is the root, it says the love of money. Y'all with me? So, so what he is saying here is you can't, you can't follow God and follow uh, a lust for things and materialism at the same time. Now I want to apply it this way too, and I believe I can. I believe I can be completely biblical in saying this. Uh, there's only going to be one boss in your life. Nobody, nobody can have two bosses. Either you're in charge or he's in charge. 
Are y'all with me? Say amen. There can't be two. There can't be anything with two heads is a freak. Say amen right there. Okay, somebody's going to be the boss. Hey, well, we're equal part. Nuh-uh, nuh-uh. That's like having, that's like having, you say, what's that stew made of? Elephant and rabbit. You say, really? There's one elephant and one rabbit, and you think that's equal? Think about it. Elephant, rabbit. My point is, somebody's going to be in charge. Somebody's going to be the boss. And what God is saying here, it's going to be one or the other. Y'all with me? Now watch what he says. I love this part. I love this part. Because of that, verse 25, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. That, that word thought there means anxiety or worry. Worry. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your life. He says, uh, what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. In other words, the basic necessities of life. He says, don't worry about it. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into the barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much more better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit into his stature? You know what it says? You can't, you can't accomplish anything by worrying. Now, how many of you gotten taller because you thought about it? If that was the case, I'd be 6'4", tall, dark, and handsome. Say amen. Worry, hey, it said it's this way. Uh, worry is like a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but it won't take you nowhere. Why are you, why are you worrying about it? What are you going to accomplish by worrying, he says. Now, verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore... If God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take, take no thought, saying what we shall eat, or what we shall drink, or wherewith we shall be clothed. Watch this, this is a cool verse. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all of these things. You know what he's saying right here? All of those worries, that's what the heathens worry about. That's what the people who don't know God worry about. That's, that's what the people who are not God's children, that's who worry and fret over those things. But you are God's children. You belong to the Father in heaven, and He knows what you need. Somebody ought to shout right there. He says, don't worry about those things. Then He says this. This is where it comes together. But seek ye, seek ye, First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all what things? All the stuff you've been worrying about lately. All the stuff you've been fretting about. All the stuff that's been giving you anxiety. All the stuff that's been keeping you up at night. All the stuff that you think you've got to take a pill for. God says, if you'll just put me first in your life, if you will seek me before you seek anything else, I'll make sure you have everything. Somebody say amen. Put me first, and I will add all these things unto you. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. Take therefore no thought for Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You know what he's saying? 
Why are you worrying about tomorrow? You got enough to handle today. Do you realize that God dishes grace out one day at a time? God dishes provisions out one day at a time. In the, in the Lord's Prayer, he said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. Not this week, not this month, not this year. He said, give us this day. And what that means is, if you've got a bologna sandwich today, don't worry about tomorrow because it hadn't got here yet. Quit trying to use up next month's grace all in one day. God will take care of that tomorrow. You just handle today. Are y'all with me? Quit worrying. Quit. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, Jesus, for your word in, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Look here. Look here. How many of you today, how many of you today believe that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? I want you to raise your hand. Raise your hand. Why do we believe that? Because the Bible says. Right? Now, how many of y'all know when he saves us, he makes us a home in heaven, and we're going to escape a place called hell. In other words, our eternal destiny rides on the fact that God said he would save us. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Isn't it an amazing thing? Isn't it an amazing thing that we have people who can have total, complete confidence, I mean 100%, that God will save them, will deliver them, will make them a home in heaven? I mean their eternal destiny is riding on that fact, and they don't worry about that a bit. You ask them, are you saved? Yes, sir, I know I'm saved. I'm 100% sure I'm saved. If I die right now, I'd bust heaven wide open. I'd go right now because God said he had saved me. And they are so confident in that, but they're not confident in the fact that God said, I will supply all of your need according to my riches and glory. They will not believe that whosoever will call, he will answer. Whosoever will ask, he will give. If you seek, ye will find. It's amazing that we can believe God for our eternal destiny, but not for breakfast in the morning. Isn't that amazing? How come we can have so much confidence in our eternal destiny, but we can't trust him to take care of our daily needs? You say, what has that got to do with finding balance? Because you need to have confidence in the one who can bring the balance. Are y'all with me? Now, three things I want to share today, if we have time. Here's what we're going to do. When it comes to balance in life, when it comes to peace in life, when it comes to, if you were not here last week, we, we, we said we're, we're, we're going to preach a while on the subject of bring, bringing order into chaos. I mean, how many of y'all, have, now let's be honest, we're in church, so let's don't try to be holier than thou. Let's just be honest with each other. How many of y'all have had a chaotic life before? How many of y'all would admit sometimes life gets crazy? How many of y'all would say, it's kind of like that right now, preacher? Okay, so we all need what we're talking about today. Now, if, if we're going to find what we're looking for, if we're going to find the kind of life that's going to bring peace and joy and I don't know about you, but when things are crazy and hectic and frustrating, there's not a whole lot of joy in that. Amen? If we're going to be real. Uh, so how are we going to find that? Well, last week we said we had to find our purpose. Today we're going to deal with our priorities. Here's what I want you to write down. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. If we're going to get our priorities right, 
And if we're going to line up our priorities in such a way that it's going to bring peace into our life, then the first thing we have to do is we've got to determine our destination or understand our destination. What are we really trying to attain? And I know what you're thinking. It's balance. It's balance. But it's not. Balance is not the goal. Do you understand that balance is simply a byproduct of arriving at the destination? I I said that too fast. Y'all didn't get that. In other words, when you reach the destination, balance takes place. You say, well, what? it's all the same. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. You say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. If you just try to do your schedule better, if you just try to squeeze a little more time out of a day, or if you just try to rearrange things to find balance, you're not going to get it. Now, you say, how do I know that? Because I've been trying. How many of y'all been trying? How's it working for you? You see? That's not, that's not the goal. That's not the aim. Now, we want that in our life, but what do we need to attain to get that? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. The destination is this. The destination is this. Lining up life in the perfect will of God. In other words, in other words, putting God first. That's the secret. You see, we're running to and fro. Now, here's the thing. A lot of times, I don't have people in here that's just running themselves crazy trying to buy a Ferrari. Right? I ain't seen no Ferrari in the parking lot. Come on, get with us, people. In other words, we don't have people in here that's just running themselves ragged just to get rich and famous. And No, no. We're running ourselves ragged trying to breathe, trying to pay the light bill, trying to make sure we got groceries that week. Am I preaching to anybody? Are y'all with me? That's what it's all about. So, you know what Jesus said about that? Don't sweat it. Now, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? Don't even sweat it. Don't even think about it. Don't give it a second thought. I got it. What did he tell us to do, though? Seek me. That's what we got out of balance. We're running to and fro, trying to accomplish all this stuff, trying to get our schedule done, trying to do the honeydews, trying to do the chores, trying to do the responsibilities, trying to do the obligation, trying to pay. And, and, and we have not put him first. Now, some of y'all will remember this illustration that I gave you. Back several years ago, or months, may have been months, I don't remember, uh, but I was talking about giving. And, 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 and how we normally give and how it normally works. And, and, and I'm going I'm to do it again because it's so important. But I, I had a, 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 white, uh, a white dry erase board up here. And, uh, and, and, and here's how I did it. Uh, let's, list, let's list some needs that we have. We got to pay for, right? It costs money. Uh, I'm going to put right on the top of the board, I'm going to put right on the top of the board, groceries. Say amen. A brother got to eat. Amen. So we're going to put groceries right here and put them out. All right. Tell me something else. Give me something. What is it? A house. You got to have something to cook in. Amen. House. All right, what else? What was it? Lights. Utilities there. There you go. Lights. Utilities. All right, we got our list about three down. All right, somebody, come on, come on, come on. 
Car, brother got a ride, amen. Here we got the car. What else, what else? Clothing. <laughs> that would come from a lady right there, amen. You know, no man come up with clothing. You just know that? We'd just rock around. Anyway, all right, clothing. What else, what else, what else? Give me some from the balcony. Gas, you got to have gas. No car will run on water. Say amen. Gas right here. How about insurance? Yep, got to have insurance, got to have insurance. They will check that. Trust me, don't ask me how I know that. What else, what else? What else we need? What was that? I don't even, I can't hear. Job, huh? What is it, Eric? Tell me what it is. Ah, Ties, you're cheating, man. He See, he's trying to be spiritual and everything. And I know he ain't that spiritual. Say amen. But you're right. That's what, now watch. Did y'all see how far down the list that got? Ties. At least you come up with it, amen. See, that's what happens. That's what happens. He's completely right. We'll go through our, we'll go through our needs, and then guess who gets at the bottom? At the end of the week, at the end of the week, we'll come up with all this stuff. And if we have any left over, guess who gets a little bit? Now, watch how this works. Watch how this works. This is amazing. This is amazing. And, and, and listen, everybody wants to, wants to give him. Everybody, I don't care who they are. If they've got that much Christianity at all, they want to give something to God. Because God has been so good. Am I right? Say amen. But what happens is, is when he goes down here, there's not much left over, if any. And guess what? When he's down here on the list, guess who's responsible for all of this? We are. We are. But what would happen if we moved him to his rightful spot and put him, put him, then who's responsible for all these things? Do y'all understand that his wallet is bigger than yours? His hand is bigger than yours. And when you put him in the rightful place, then it's his responsibility. God, I put you first. Now my, now my rent is your responsibility. Now my groceries is your responsibility. Now my insurance is your responsibility. And Now that's dealing with money. Now let's transfer it to what we're talking about. Guess what we do? We run to and fro. We wake up in the morning with our hair on fire. That, that probably doesn't hit the snooze button four times. Say amen. And we got to do this, and we got to do that, and I got to hurry. We're going to be late, and we're going to, and we're, and, and you know what? I can't really stop and spend some time with God because I just don't have Boy, if I just had some more, but you know what? I don't have, because so, I got to go do. All right, let's put the list out. Let's list all those things you got to do that day. And then guess who gets some of what's left over? Y'all y'all for quiet now. Guess who gets a little bit with what's left over? So, so guess who's responsible for getting all this junk done? But what if we took God and put him in his rightful place? Then who's going to get the stuff done? 
Ah, I got Bible. Watch this. Watch this. Do you remember when we did when we did the burnout message that that Elijah, the prophet Elijah, he ran, he ran all the way from Mount Carmel to Jezreel, which is seventeen miles, and the brother was running like his heels was on fire. He outran a chariot that was pulled by horses. 17 miles, supernaturally, he was able to accomplish that. You say, how'd he do that? The power of God. How'd he do that? The hand of God was upon him. He was able to do it without even, listen, breaking a sweat. Why? Because God's hand was on him. Preacher, what is the point? The things you've got to do this week, the things you have to accomplish this week, you're not going to get it done without his power. You're not going to get it done without his hand. You're not going to get it done without his favor. You're not going to get it done without his help. And you're trying to do it every day of your life. You're getting up and you're trying to accomplish all of your issues, all of your schedule, and you're doing it on your own power. And listen, it'll leave you without any strength. But if you'll just say, God, help me. God, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to put you first in my life. God will give you the Elijah power to get it done. How many of y'all ladies, how many of y'all ladies need some of that power? How many of y'all got kids? Well, then you need it. Are y'all with me? What if we put him first? See, here's, here's, here's what we do. Put, this up, put my, my, my jumbo squares up on the, on the board if you don't mind. Look here. Look at this. We got all these things going on. Hobbies, recreation, school, friends, marriage, leisure. Sports, family, career, travel ball, work, God, kids. Now look at all this stuff. All of it's great stuff. Great stuff. I like all of it. I'm involved in all of it. And let me tell you what our natural, our natural response is to do. We try to make sure we have time for it. And we try to delegate this. And we try to get, and, and, man, I got, I got to make sure I got... And I got to make sure I got over here. And, 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 and guess who is just another box? God. There's only one problem with that. God is not going to be just another box. God is not going to be just another box. God is not going to settle for being just another appointment. I know that's kind of hard to swallow, but that's the truth. God said, you will have no other gods before me. You know what happens? Nobody in here is going to have a Buddha statue at home that you burn candles to. You better not anyway. We don't have those statues. We don't have that. So we don't think we're committing idolatry. But guess what? All of these things can become a little God in our life. When they become more important than God, they are an idol. That's why God cannot just be another box. No man can serve two masters. You say, how does God want it? 
God doesn't want this, I'll tell you that. God doesn't want you sitting down and trying to figure out how you can give everybody the equal amount of time. That's not what he's looking for. This is what God's looking for. This is what God, God doesn't want to take all this stuff from you. I know contrary to belief, God wants you to enjoy your life. Y'all with me? That's why God made fishing poles. Say amen. Y'all can say what you want, but the first ones God chose was fishermen. Now deal with that. Amen. Do I have an amen, Peachy? Amen right there. Nothing wrong with this stuff. None of this stuff. As long as God is first. Now watch this. I want to show you all a picture. This is a really cool picture that kind of, kind of helps us understand things. This is the nation of Israel. God brought the nation of Israel out of Egypt. They were a slave group of people. They were just a bunch of slaves. And God went into Egypt and rescued a bunch of slaves and was making them a people. He was developing a nation out of them. Now, when he got in the wilderness, he said, Now, these are some things I want you to do. And I mean, he got very specific in how he wanted them to do everything. In other words, he completely taught them how to live their life, how to do their life, how to, the ins and outs of everything. And I mean was specific about everything. This is how he said, I want you to set up camp every single time. I want you to set up camp just like this. You will see on the outside, you will see the tribes, the different tribes, Dan, Naphtali, Issachar. And, and by the way, Judah's right there at the entrance. Judah represents praise. If you're going to get to God, you've got to go through praise. Anyway, some of y'all get that. Amen. That's, I could preach right there a month. Amen. Now, what is in the center of the nation of Israel? This is the tabernacle. This is the tabernacle. This is where the presence of God rested in the tabernacle. When, when, the, when, when the presence moved, they moved. When the presence stayed, they stayed. But he, God, was in the center of of their life, was in the center of their world. What does that teach us? God doesn't want to be part of your life. God wants to be your life. We, how many of y'all seen, how many of y'all seen uh, uh, the different shirts? I mean, they make, Salt life. How many of y'all like them salt lives? I got some. My brother sent me some real cool looking shirts. Some of y'all wear them. If you're hip like me, you wear them. Amen. Uh, there, there, there's, uh, they've got them for golf. You know, uh, I've seen some that soccer. You know, it's got a list. If you, if, if, you know, some think it's this, some think it's that, but soccer is my life. Uh, I, I saw one. And by the way, uh, Eric, did you see what Florida did to Miami last night? Some on say amen right there. Yeah, get with it, brother. We make life out of these things. I like, I like golf. I like fishing, so I'd, I'd probably wear one of them shirts. And, and, and so no matter what, I've seen them with tennis, softball, uh, football, whatever it might be. Everybody has their deal. But they say, it's my life. But you know what Paul said? Paul said, for me, to live is Christ. To die is gain. In other words... I, I should have brought this in. I, I, I was going to, and I forgot. I was going to bring in a blank white T-shirt. A blank white T-shirt. 
and I was going to put the pictures of all these t-shirts, the, 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 the football life and the fishing life and golf and all that. And, and, and I was going to say, you know, everybody in here, you got a, you got a t-shirt. What is yours going to say? What is your life? What do you live for? What is first in your life? What is your priority? Whatever that might be, that's your God. And, and Paul said, I want my shirt to say, now don't take from this, I'm saying don't wear no salt life shirt. I got plenty of them, and I'm going to wear them. Amen. That's not, my point is, is we've got to, in our hearts, know what is really taking first place in our life. If that makes sense, say amen. Because here's the deal. You will never find true balance till he is in the right spot. I don't care how good you are at scheduling. I don't care how good you are at organizing. Until Jesus takes first place in your life, you're always going to deal with chaos. And all God's people say it. Amen. You see... We've got to decide what is the destination. It's not necessarily balance. Balance will come when Jesus is in the right spot. Let me give you these two quickly, real quick. And uh, uh, the second thing I want, you, I want you to see. We not only need to understand our destination, but we need to really analyze our obligations. Our, our obligations. In other words, those things we think we really need to do. Those things we, we think we really need to get accomplished in our life. And we take this from Mary and Martha. You remember last week we talked about Mary and Martha, and, and, and Jesus comes to town, uh, Martha invites him into her home, and, 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 and she's running about, and, and, and the Bible says she's cumbered about many things. She's cooking, cleaning, and doing this and doing that, and she's just running all over the place. And she looks over there, and she sees Mary. And Mary's just sitting at Jesus' feet, not helping so she goes to Jesus and, and, and says, Carest thou not that my sister has left me to serve alone? Make her help me. You know what? That sounds legit. I don't know of anything that aggravates me more than when I'm working and people are watching. Do I have a witness? Uh, Brother Dorgan, would you like to stand and testify right there at that moment, right there? He, he runs his own business. Guys, how many guys you got working for you now? Five guys working. Oh, that's like five guys' hamburgers. We can say, make, hey, there you go. Uh, how frustrated do you get if you're sweating and they ain't? Are y'all with me? So this really sounds, I mean, really it does. It sounds like she's got a good point. Because she's working, man. These people need to eat. They need to have all this stuff. This is important. And then watch what Jesus says. Jesus said, Martha, Martha. You're, 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 he basically said, you're worrying about all kind of things. You're stressed over all kind of things. But then he says this, but, help me, but one thing is needful. Now, ladies, be honest with me. Tell the truth. When you're all jazzed up about something, I mean, you've just been going wide open and, 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 and 100 miles an hour, and you're trying to help your husband understand how important this is, and he, say, and he says, that's not that big a deal. 
How bad do you want to rip his throat out? Say amen. When, when, what, if, what if you've been, I mean, now, now get this in your head. You've got sweat dripping off of you. You've got flour all over your apron, probably eggs on your hands, and you're just trying to get all this stuff done, and the Lord says, that ain't that big a deal. That's not necessary. See, y'all looking all spiritual and holy now, but I know how y'all operate. I got a woman at home too. Come on now. What do you mean this is not necessary? This stuff ain't going to bake itself. That table ain't going to set itself. I, I used in my notes, I put the word paradox. This is a paradox. I put the definition. Look what the definition of paradox is. A statement that seems contrary to common sense, and yet is true. A statement that seems to contradict common sense, but it's true. I bet, I bet Martha, right at that point, she got mad. Because this just doesn't make sense. What do you mean this is not necessary? You know, there's a lot of things we're doing in our lives that we really think is necessary that we really think is important, that we really think that this is critical that we get done. And, and in the big scheme of things, if the truth be known, it's not necessary. Let, let, me, let me break it down this way. Maybe you can understand what I'm saying. There's been many times I've been ministering because I really thought I had to be there and I had to, had to, say, I had to, had to make sure that and, and, and do this and, and do that and be there and be and, 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 and my kid had something going on that I missed and this thing that I really thought was critically important was keeping me from what really was you let me, you let me tell you how to you let, me, you let me tell you how to find out what's really important in life don't talk to healthy people Talk to somebody that's dying. Talk to somebody that's on their deathbed. There, there, there's, there's, I, I've never been at the deathbed of somebody and they say, boy, I wish I could just go to Walmart one more time. Boy, if I could just spend one more day at work. I've never heard anybody say, boy, if I could just throw that fishing line one more time. If I could just... It's usually never that. It's usually if I could just spend one more day or just a little bit more time. And you see, sometimes in life, the things we really think is important is really not. I, I want to read this because I... I I typed this out and, and, and printed this out, and I, don't, I, don't, I want you to hear it like, like, like it, it, it's, it's, I'm thinking. The principle that we learn from this Mary and Martha deal, it shows that often the things we think are absolutely essential really are not. And then, this is the worst part, it shows that often we miss what we miss by doing all the seemingly essential things are really the important thing. What are you doing? What are you doing 
because you think it's really necessary? What are, what are you doing in your life because you think you just have to get it done? Sometimes we need to just do an inventory check and ask ourselves, is this really necessary? Is this really neat? Yes, food was important. Yes, setting the table was important. Yes, making sure the guests had what they need. But let me tell you what was more important than that. Sitting at the feet of the Son of God and hearing His Word. I, I, I imagine everything on your to-do list for the day is really important. But nothing is more important than sitting and spending some quiet time with Jesus before you start. Y'all with me? Lastly, let me just throw this in there. We said that we need to understand our destination. We need to, we need to re, really reevaluate our obligation. But, but there's one thing that I think is critical. Is that we really we need to determine our expectations. Say that word with me. Our, our, you say, preacher, what do you mean by that? Here's what I mean. By the time a person reaches adulthood, they have a whole bag load of shoulds and ought tos. Y'all with me? A, a whole bag load of shoulds and ought tos. In other words, you should never leave uh, 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 dishes in the sink. You should always make your bed before you leave. You should always do, you, you ought to do, you should never leave without, everybody's got them. Are y'all with me, I understand? And by the time, by the time we get to adulthood, we got a bunch of them. But you want me to tell you what causes chaos? Most of the time, the spouses never have the same bag. And the ought-tos and shoulds that you have, he may not. Or the ones that he has, she may not. But we get them passed down to us from culture. We get them passed down to us from family. And, and we think this is the way it ought to be. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, y'all remember the, 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 the young lady who was just newly married? And her husband come home with his big old ham. He was so excited, he bought this big old ham, wanted her to cook it. And she took it and took a big old knife and whop, cut the whole end of the ham off and put it in the oven. He said, woman, what are you doing? You just throw away the biggest part of the ham. So I don't know, my mama done that. Well, why'd she do that? I, I don't know, let's call her. So they call mama. Mama, why do you cut the ends off the ham? She said, well, I don't know. My mama always done it. So they called grandma. Grandma, why do you cut the ends off the ham? She said, well, I don't know why you two dummies did it, but my pan was too small. Missing out on a good piece of ham. Say amen. An ought and a should that was inherited and didn't even know why. Hello. I got a real one. That's a joke, but I got a real one. When me and Tammy first got married, she had, she had the, uh, 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 the, the, the wedding shower. I said a baby shower this morning. She about killed me over that. But wedding shower. Amen. Baby, come later. Amen. A wedding shower, 
and got all this stuff for the, for the wedding and, and marriage and all that kind of stuff. Well, she got this whole set of towels and, 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 and washcloths, not wash rags, they're washcloths. They, how many of y'all call it wash rags? Come on. Yeah! How many of y'all call it washcloths? The altar's right here. If you want to, I'm kidding. Hey, hey, they had the washcloths and the hand towels. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The hand towels. It's like, it's like a miniature version of a towel. Amen. Hand towel and then, the, and then the big towel. Well, when I was growing up, when I was growing up, I'm glad mom's not in here, but we didn't have hand towels. So when you wash your hands and you wash your face, you just grabbed a wash rag and dried your face off. Are y'all with me? I mean, it was convenient. It was the perfect size. Why do I need a towel this long when my face is only this big? Are y'all with me? <laughs> Go in there, brush your teeth, and get, you know, handle your stuff and get, just get going with it. Well, I was in there, and I was brushing my teeth after we first got married, and, and I washed my hands and everything, brushed my and I, and I seen that, and there's, you know, you got this stack of hand towels, and you got the stack of wash rags, and the towels right there. Well, she's sitting there watching me, and I grabbed a wash rag, and, and she said, What? are you doing I said I'm trying to brush my teeth she said why are you using it you're not supposed to use that you're supposed to use the hand towel like civilized people now you men can understand how that went over I'm a grown man if I want to wash it in the carpet I'll roll on the floor Now, I've since, in the, in the years that have passed by, I've learned the wisdom of not saying stuff like that. Amen. <laughs> well, what happened? She had a should and a ought that I didn't have. You say, preacher, what's the point? Some of you are living as slaves to somebody else's should and ought for your life. You're doing things because somebody else told you you should. You, you've got so many things going on that's keeping you so bound down. And, it, and Here's the thing. Ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I cutting the end off the ham? I wonder how much, I wonder how much pressure we could take off our lives if we really determine what we really should or ought to do. Mean Tammy's been here long enough. She don't care about the rag no more. You know what she learned? Ain't no big deal. I, w I wonder. I wonder how how much stress we could alleviate from our life if we could just understand what's not that big a deal. Do you let me tell you? Do you let me tell you why? Why most parents? act different as grandparents? I've heard, well, they can spoil them and send them home. I don't think that's the deal. I don't think that's the deal at all. I think by the time the parent becomes the grandparent, they understand that there's so many things that we wigged out back then. It's just not that big a deal. Things my father would beat me to death over. I watched my youngest get away with murder at their house. And I'm sitting there like, hello? 
And this is what, when I say something, this is the response I get. Oh. And I say, well, you whipped me. And this is what he says. Well, you needed it. Y'all know I'm still dealing with bitterness in my life. Oh. Do I have any grandparents in the house? Raise your hand if you grant. Am I telling the truth right here? You just realize, that ain't that big a deal. Stuff we'd have blown our gasket over. You know what? That ain't that big a deal. Why don't we just, why don't we just take some time and evaluate our schedule? Evaluate just the way we think about things. And say, Lord, let's, let's, let's remove those pressures, those things that we think is... Ch- and, and, and let me say this, let me say, and I'm done. I don't get, don't, I just look, focus on me just a minute. Ladies, if he don't do it exactly like you think he ought to, it's okay. You know, I, I really thought I'd hear some shouting from the men right there. I'm trying to help you all I can. Amen, men. And, and men, if, if, if the ladies don't act just like your mama, you ought to thank God. Say amen. Let's, why don't we quit while we're ahead, all right? Let's just have an invitation, right? Let's all stand. Everyone stand. I know when to stop something. I ought to do this. I should do that. I ought, I ought. You know, let me tell you what we ought to do. We ought to put Christ first in our life. We ought to just say, Lord, whatever you want in my life, I totally surrender to you. Listen, in these next few weeks, we're going to do everything we can to find that place of surrender and saying, Lord, you are first. Say it with me, Lord. Actually, say Lord. All right, let's try this again. Lord. No, no, no. I'm going to say it. And then you repeat. Lord, you are first. Lord, you are first. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You know what I found out about all this? Peace, harmony, balance. It's not something, it's not something that we look up on. It's a choice. Say it with me. It's a choice you've got to make. If you will choose to put God first, He will take care of everything else. Father, we thank You, Lord, for Your blessings and Your mercy, Your goodness. Thank You for an awesome crowd, Lord. Thank You for people that are here and they're hungry to learn. They're hungry to grow. They're hungry to to be better. Lord, they're, they're, they're hungering for Your truth. God, I pray that You will show us and teach us and help us guide every step of the way we pray that you'll have your perfect will in this place Lord if there's someone who needs Jesus who needs salvation we've got people at this altar be glad to take a Bible and show them how to be saved God if there's someone who just needs encouragement a lot of things going on right now Lord a lot of things happening Lord that's just stressing us out 
Lord, I pray that we, as we pray for each other, we'll find that peace. We pray for your perfect will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.